Summer, the best time of year, usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there's another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have lounge chair access, no reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. If scary movies give you dread, keep you up late night in bed, here's a podcast that will help ease your mind. We'll explain the plot real nicely, then we'll talk about what's frightening so you never have to have a spooky time. It's Ruined. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Ruined. I'm Hallie. And I'm Allison. And, and we're here. We're here. It's all <laughs> happening. It's, it's all still happening. going. We're still <laughs> here. Somehow, we're all still here. That's the best we can say about the last eight Nine months and potentially the next nine months. Well, we're still here. <laughs> well, we're still here for better or worse. It's happening. And um, if nothing else, we have for you another horror movie, which we're going to ruin. Of course, yes. the premise of this podcast, which if it's your first time, thanks for joining us. My name is Hallie and I love horror movies and I, I want to compulsively talk about them, which is great. Because I hate horror movies and I never, ever, ever want to watch them, but I am deeply curious about the ins and outs and the twists. So I enlist Hallie to tell me those things so I don't have to have nightmares or as many nightmares. I still have nightmares. <laughs> yeah, and we got a good one. This is a nightmare-inducing one for sure. This is an iconic film in the scary kid genre, subgenre of horror. Yes. Which, Allison, I know is perhaps your... Maybe not your least favorite, but something that you were extremely terrified of. Yeah, this is a, I'd say it's a top three scariest genre of horror to me. Is, okay, is so that's, evil yeah, child. what are the other two? Um, scary old person? I know you didn't like that when we did uh, <laughs> I would visit. Say, yeah, scary old person and then scary uh, adults. <laughs> yeah, those are good. Those are the top three. <laughs> oh, wait, oh, teens. We got to put teens in there. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, they don't count. They're not, yeah, those, they're not adults. They're not kids. They're not old. What are they? They're just, they are only teens and they are only scary. <laughs> and uh, the movie we're doing this week, there's a scary five-year-old. And let me tell you, by the time he gets to be a teen, he's going to be a real hellion, literally. Because <laughs> we are doing this week, the one and only, The Omen. The Omen. Um, from 1976, the original. We won't be doing the Julia Stiles remake, which I was reminded by our producer, Sabrina, that came out. And I seen it, and I couldn't tell you one thing about it. Oh, wow. Didn't I, retain any of it at all. I've heard about this movie in pop culture. So for me, this is like a big one to like understand some references. Mm. I mean, like anything that gets referenced in Seinfeld, I do need to know about. And this is referenced in a Seinfeld episode. So, now, Do you remember which episode it is? I can't remember which episode it is, but it's a discussion at the coffee shop, and uh, it's just uh, at least Elaine and Kramer and George, maybe Jerry's there too, and Elaine's just like, what was his, was he evil? Like, they're just trying to have a discussion of, like, what the deal was with Damien, <laughs> and then Kramer's like, oh, I think he's just, like, a mixed-up child. <laughs> wow, and he is mixed up. Um, we always <laughs> like to have Allison watch the trailer for the film to sort of get both, uh, you know, ready and also just, like, who are our main characters? What's the tone, sort of the visual appeal? Allison, what did you think of the Omen trailer? I mean, it's a scary trailer. This is back when, like, trailers also really didn't tell you. I mean, I love these mm -hmm. old trailers where it's, like, you're getting flashes of what's happening, but you're not getting kind of, like, what we get today, which is, like, the whole movie. <laughs> like, right, yeah. Um, 
super, it's just like a lot of like flashes of like this child and then like terrible things. So it was, I would say it was very scary as a trailer. Um, and we always like to take a baseline scary with Allison. And so Allison, what are your, how, how scared do you feel of the concept of the Antichrist? Definitely scared. I mean, mm-hmm. the fact that I am not a religious person, it's a little less scary. Right. Yeah. I mean, like being raised Jewish, you probably had less discussion of the Antichrist than I, well, say like, it other was like, people. Am I the Antichrist? Like, <laughs> right. I mean, based on this film, absolutely not. No. Yeah. Yeah. If this is what the Antichrist is, then um, I am not it, nor do I think it's real. Um, but it is a scary. I mean, again, like once like religion and especially Christianity is like in something, like there is like, you know, it's not something I grew up with, but it is something I, like, studied a bit in college and literature. And, like, there's something so intensely dramatic about all we, of Christianity. It's, all it's so dramatic. And so, it's like, of course, there's the movies. Yeah, I feel like it's much like when we uh, watch The Exorcist, there is something being raised Catholic, which, again, I don't believe in that this is something that could conceivably happen, but it does prey on a lot of fears that you're taught about, say, is there a Satan? Is yes. he going to show up and make you do naughty stuff? <laughs> what if he had a son and he came to the world and hung out with us? What would happen? It wouldn't be good. No. So, and I think that's the perfect the perfect setting for a horror movie is it it takes some little element of something that we're already afraid of or that's already in the ether and then yes. sort of yes ands it. Yes. In, in an improv fashion into a film. Yeah, and there's nothing scarier than improv. Exactly. So. Well, get ready because you're going to have yeah. to improvise <laughs> what to do <laughs> when you're dealing with the son of Satan. So let us begin we're going to, this week, we're going to ruin for you the omen. Oh, my God, I almost forgot. Allison, do you think there is a twist? And if so, would you like to guess it now? Guess the twist. I think the twist is going to have to be, like, how it how how Damien mm-hmm. came to be. Uh, and at least from the narrative the trailer tells, like, we don't know for a long time, like, there's like, it's like, that's his mother. And it's like, no, his mother is someone else. I don't, so I think like, we'll get a, a twist that's less of a twist and more of like an answer to this question of yes. like, what is wrong with Damien? You're getting very good at guessing this, Allison. I am getting pretty good at guessing, I will say. Um, so let us begin and let us ruin the omen. <gasps> we open on June 6th at 6 a.m. No, that's already. S- already 666. Mm-mm. It's bad news. Uh, Robert Thorne, played by Gregory Peck, is rushing to the hospital. His wife, uh, Catherine, has just given birth to their son. Um, this is like a much wanted and much anticipated birth. It took her a really long time to get pregnant. We're sort of, you know, she was dealing with some other stuff. And so this is like the most exciting moment of their life. Robert is a diplomat, living, an American diplomat living with uh, Catherine in Rome. And he's also the okay. head of the Thorne Already, family. Italy is uh, spooky. Yes, exactly. Living in America where everything's either a Panera Bread or an Applebee's, like, <laughs> you just don't get the effect of, like, you're driving, you're, you're in a, a car headed to the hospital, and there's just these, like, gorgeous, like, ancient fountains yeah. and, and and piazzas. It's It's gorgeous. Yeah, old stuff in America is still, like, not that. I mean, it's scary because it's imbued with like our genocidal history and like. Oh yeah, know, that stuff. Yeah, that. it's all like. But it's not. That's like mm-hmm. more upsetting and depressing. But like, there's something very almost paranormal about 
Italy and like Rome specifically. Yeah, it's it, it harkens back to like oh well, and I guess maybe that's also like why why set a film in in Italy with the, these uh, old cities is that it brings you back to like well perhaps there's something ancient being conjured into yes. the modern world yes. that we're now going to have to face. Um, and so Robert is also the, he's like the heir of the Thorne family fortune. So I guess we're to think like he's like from this millionaire family, which explains why he has this cushy job as a diplomat living in Rome yeah. with his gorgeous wife. And, and they're having their baby and they're so excited. They get there and Father uh, Spoleto, who is the chaplain of the hospital, informs him that their son has died. And Robert is obviously devastated. And he's also even more devastated with the idea that he has to tell Catherine that this has happened. <sighs> Yeah. And so Father Spoleto says, well, I'm just going to put this out here. We got this other baby. We'll just switch him in. Catherine doesn't even have to know. What? The priest says to him, oh, well, at first he's like, oh, it's a regular adoption. And then he's like, we don't even have to sign any papers. We got this loose baby. Yeah, they're like, we don't want a paper trail for this evil child. Which does sound like something the Catholic Church might do, you know. I mean, we're working on it, but guys, you know, we've done crazier things in the past. (laughs) And so Robert's like, I don't know, but he goes to see the baby. The baby is so cute and perfect. It has like this full head of hair and a nun brings it to him. And he's like, I just don't think I can do this to Catherine. You know, like I can't. And the priest really puts a strong arm, and he's like, either way, God God has brought you a son. Like this tragedy happened, but God has brought this baby that you could adopt right now. And again, don't tell your wife about it. And you know what happens, Allison? This is the fatal mistake of the movie. What what does he do? He takes the baby. He takes the baby. That's also like, we know it, like, babies all look the same. Like, like yes. brand, brand newborns. When they're right, like, they're the size yeah, of that, a shoe. <laughs> we're both holding exactly. up like two inches between our fingers. <laughs> we're like, you know, when they're this big. You know, um, like, a, yeah, isn't that yeah, how like a little are? baby. A walnut, um, yeah. Yeah, but like, all, you know, brand newborns, like, look so similar. Right. You don't, like, this kid could grow up to look nothing like either of you. And there's just such, it'll be so obvious. Like, you just can't, like, predict. Yeah, completely. I will say, I was listening to, I think it was This American Life, and it was about a a, a man who, growing up, was like, "Hmm, I feel like I'm biracial, but nobody's talking to me about it. And then as an adult, (laughs) he sort of confronted his mother. And it turns out that she had, you know, had an affair, actually Mm -hmm. gotten pregnant. And it actually ended up, like, really, like, he met his biological father, and they have a good relationship, but he still has a good relationship with his mother and father that raised him. But he was like, did no one think... Like, did, honestly, did people think that it was just never going to come up? And right. I think back back now, back then, back in the 70s. You know, back now. <laughs> back in this, from the 1970s back through, I'm going to say the beginning of time. Yeah. I think a lot of times things like this did happen. And people, the human reaction until, uh, you know, the invention of psychotherapy was, we're just never going to talk about it. Yeah, that does seem extremely likely. Like, that, like, while this is a like a crazy story, like, if there was a news article about this, from this era, I'd be like, yeah, exactly. That I believe it. It's crazy, but I believe it. So, and and you know, you are sympathetic to him because, like, he's obviously devastated. He knows Catherine's going to be devastated, and this priest is really like he's he's manipulating him into taking this kid. Right. But they take the kid uh, home, and you know, Catherine's over the moon, and the baby is very cute. And a little while later, they get a uh, he gets transferred. He, oh, he gets a job as an ambassador in Great Britain, and they're very excited because. 
Catherine and he sort of had this plan that he's going to eventually be the president of the United States. And it's sort of half joking, but half it's like, he's a millionaire, he's good looking, he's rising through the ranks of government. It doesn't seem outside of the realm of possibility that he could run and potentially win, you know, sometime in the future. Sure. Um, But in the meantime, they move to Great Britain and they live in this insane manor house. Like, like it's just them, uh, their son, whose name is Damien, um, their nanny, and then they have like a, a staff, like a housekeeper and a cook and all these people. But it is like I, I don't again. I don't know. I don't know. It's like how I don't know. Um, kid ages. I don't know rooms. Like how big are the houses? This you don't know. Like, room. I guess that's like us living in apartments too. I'm like, well, there's yeah, bathroom, exactly. bedroom, and kitchen. So right, exactly. if it's not one of those, I have no idea what it's for. So imagine that this building's like ten apartments <laughs> or twenty. I don't know, but it's gigantic. It has like these beautiful grounds. And you have these like cute scenes of them like walking with Damien, who's like the cutest little chubby toddler. And they're sort of again setting up like they're just like this bucolic life and. And Robert's career is going well, and Catherine doesn't have a career, but she's a, she's got a son, so that's like the it same thing. It was the seventies, you know. It was the seventies. Of course, maybe. she doesn't. <laughs> um, unfortunately, we then arrive at Damien's fifth birthday, mm. and they go all out. Like they get a carousel, they have clowns, they get like a train that like kids can ride around. Sure. They've got face painting. And so they also have invited all of these diplomats and ambassadors and their kids. So it's like okay. all these like rich people and and government people in uh, the United Kingdom. So there's a photographer there taking pictures for the paper, and his name is Keith Jennings, and he will come into play later. But okay. so it's a big enough. He's a big enough deal that his son's fifth birthday is being photographed for the paper, wow. which is yeah. That, there, that's the Estula. We're are there like about. zoo animals there, or is that late? like I saw in the trailer? Oh. That's later. There okay, are okay, horses, okay, okay, and okay. and that is something that Ooh. is going to come up. Is that depending on the animal, they either really like Damien or they do not like him at all. Interesting. So at least at this fifth birthday, uh, one of the things they notice is the nanny notices a big Rottweiler, sort of on the outskirts of the property, and at a certain point, the nanny sees the Rottweiler and looks to be hypnotized, and then she sort of disappears for a little bit. Oh, and everyone's playing and having fun, sure. and Damien's with his mother. And all of a sudden, they all hear the nanny calling. And this is a very iconic, like, movie line. She's like, Damien, it's all yeah. for you, Damien. Yes. And everyone, so it's like dozens of kids and their parents. Like, it's awful. Turn, they look, and the nanny with a big smile on her face has a noose around her neck and is standing on the outside ledge of, like, the <sighs> third-story balcony. And she says, Damien, I love you. It's all for you. She jumps off the ledge, hangs herself, and then the force of her dropping— swings into the window of the house, shattering no. it. So, no. of course, the house keys are there and goes insane and is screaming. Yeah. All the kids are screaming. It's horrible. It's so upsetting. The adults run to the house to try to, like, get her down. It's incredibly traumatic. And yeah, we don't so really upsetting. know how what happened. But we do see Damien, again, who is a child, look at the Rottweiler and sort of, like, give it a wave. And the Rottweiler scampers off into the woods. What? So as you can imagine, Catherine and Robert are extremely upset by this. Like, they don't know what happened. And next day, Robert's going into work, and he's being hounded by reporters. It's like, was your was your nanny taking drugs? Do you know she was taking drugs? Like, why would she do that? You know, like, did she know, know she had mental problems? Which, like, obviously he didn't know that. Like, it's not his right. fault. Like, it, it, in their world, if this is, like, a horrible tragedy, like, I don't right. know how you could blame this guy, you know? Yeah. And so they run in, and he runs into the photographer who was at the party, Keith Jennings, and he mm-hmm. knocks the um, his camera to the ground. and Intentionally, like, like, slaps it out of his 
or no, accident. just sort of runs into him, like trying to get through the oh, okay. uh, f- and uh, it paparazzi. It just like happens. Yeah, and he even apologizes, like, "I'm sorry, like, I will pay for that. That's my, that's my fault." And Keith Chang said, "That's all right, Mr. Ambassador. Let's just say you owe me." Also, it must be nice to be so rich that when you make mistakes like that, you're like, oh, I got it. Don't worry about it. Like, Also, like, this is the 70s. Like, a professional photographer's camera, that yeah. could not have been cheap. Like, there is no— No, it's hundreds yeah. or thousands of dollars. Right. Like, it would bankrupt a normal person. But him, he's like, oh, don't worry about it. Like, my office will fix it. I know. I'm, like, nervous when I go to someone's home. I'm like, don't touch anything. You can't afford to buy a new thing for this person. <laughs> I feel that all, if I'm in a, a person's home and it's nice, if they have a white rug, oh. if they have any kind of art balanced on anything, nope. I'm terrified. I'm like, let me just stand in your entryway and you can yell to me from another room. <laughs> My boots got mud on them, so I'm just going to stand outside. <laughs> um, so as soon as uh, Robert gets into his office, a priest named Father Brennan arrives. And Robert thinking, oh, this is just like he's just asking for like donations or it's part of like some church thing. Have him come in. Father Brennan comes in. He is already sweaty and red-eyed and panicky. And he walks in. He's like, you must accept Christ and you must eat his body and drink his blood because only through Christ Christ can you fight him. And Robert's like, okay, you got to slow down. You got to calm down here. Nope. And he's like, you know, he'll kill again. He killed once, he'll kill again. And he's not, that's again, another thing we've talked about in horror movies. You got to use your words. Yeah. You got to, maybe if you have to, write it out beforehand. Yeah, and go so in is he there saying he and no one knows who he is? Exactly. Like, I feel like we know because, like, we're talking yes. about this movie, and so, of course, we're talking about Damien. But, like, Wait, is he, like, giving he Robert don't kill any... again, and they're like, is there a murderer out there? Yeah, exactly. Like, what, Robert yeah. has no information. He has not used Damien's name. He's not said your son, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And also, at this point, he's called a security guard, so he's just kind of waiting for a security guard to come get Father Brennan out. And so, finally, Father Brennan said, I saw its mother. I saw my wife. I saw its mother. You're referring to my wife. Its mother, Mr. Thorne. This is blackmail and come up. Say, what is it that you're trying to say? His mother was a jackal. He says, its mother was a jackal. <gasps> Mm-mm. Right, but, but again, Robert, he's like, okay, this man, I just dealt with my nanny. Maybe she was mentally ill. This man comes in and he's having some sort of mental health crisis. He's not thinking, oh, this is information I need to retain. He's like, okay, something's happening. Yeah. And so as, so Father Brennan's kind of hauled out of the, the building. And as he leaves, uh, Keith Jennings, the photographer, snaps a pic of the priest, too. Because I think he saw him go up to the um, Roberts office, and he's like, what's going on with this priest, you know? Right, what is happening here? Yeah, so he takes a photo. When he develops the photo, there's like a dark slash. And it, it going at a diagonal, sort of um, in the image, headed towards Father Brennan. But Keith's thinking, oh, God, my, my, now my, I know my camera really is broken. Like, it must be like the actual lens right. is damaged or something. He's right. Again, he's trying to give a logical response to things that will become less and less logical as this movie goes Yeah, on. we're already, like, referencing a jackal mother. So yes. I think we're, we've, we've left the realm of reality, and we're now in something exactly. totally different. Back at home, a new governess arrives named Mrs. Baylock. Okay. Robert and Catherine's dealings with her are just like, they did not do their due diligence. Mrs. Baylock shows up and she says, oh, hi, the agency sent me. What's a governess? A governess, I think, is a nanny. But what's the difference? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Is it just British? Like, is that? Yes. Like, it's like nanny plus managing the, the manor? Well, they have, we know they have, like, a housekeeper. They have other staff. So I think it's just, so maybe it's, like, a nanny, but you're also, like, the teacher. Sure. Maybe you are, it's, like, childhood education. 
Yeah. Anywho, she shows up and hands him up some papers and says, great, so I'm going to be the new nanny. And goes and it's like, I'm going to meet with Damien alone for a little while. Mm-mm. And Catherine has this like, well, I don't know if that sounds good. And Robert said, no, no, go ahead. A good girl. And then eventually, finally, they go in and talk to her. They're like, you know, we didn't call the agency for a new governess. And she's like, oh, well, they, I think they read in the paper that your old that she, your nanny died. So then they just sent me, which it doesn't seem like that no, would make any that's sense. That's absolutely not how any business at any point in history has ever functioned. <laughs> Wait, so the wife still does not know that this is not her natural child. Not at all. No, she does not. Only Robert knows. Oh, my God. But Robert also, <laughs> and to be fair, like, so yeah, he's, awful. like, little and has, like, his brown hair like Robert does. So, right. yeah, I, eventually he might grow up to be, you know, eight feet tall with red hair. And they're going to have to deal with that. But Right. But, like, for now, it's like, yeah, this is just the yeah. child that, like, oh, my God. How do you, like, live keeping that secret? I think that in the past, I think people just kept this kind of secret. I could yeah. be wrong, but I does, think Does that, he not drink? Like, that's always, like, whenever there's, like, a movie or a TV show where somebody keeps an intense secret, I'm like, oh, you must never drink. Because, like, the second I drink, I'm like, I'm going to tell you everything I know. You know, I don't think we see him drink, actually. So maybe that's but it. Maybe that's it. Okay. He, and he, yeah, you're right. He could never drink again or else he's going to spill the beans. <laughs> be like, that's not our kid. <laughs> I, yeah, there's so many moments where that it would be revealed, even in a normal situation. And this is not a situ- normal situation. Right, of course. Anywho, Catherine and Robert essentially accept that Mrs. Baylock is going to be the new governess. Sure. And she goes in it alone to talk to their five-year-old. Mm-mm. And she says to Damien, have no fear, little one. Mm-mm. I'm here to protect thee. Mm-mm. You hate to see it. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I don't um, like that at all. A little time later, they're going to an Episcopal wedding at a church, and Catherine tells Mrs. Baylock, like, please get Damien ready. We're going to leave in five minutes. And Mrs. Baylock's like, I don't think he should go to church. I don't think he's old enough to understand it. Church is very boring. And Catherine is like, I did not pay. I do not pay you to tell me to take my kid not to go to church. Like, what are you talking about? We're going. Yeah. We're going to yeah. a church. However, when they go and arrive at the wedding, Damien starts screaming and clawing his mother's face and hair <gasps> and refuses to go inside. Is that in the car? Yes, in the car. In so the yeah, trailer. So, That's okay. Yeah, so he's and so it's not like a normal tantrum. Like he's screaming and writhing and it's awful. And I feel like this is the first seed of when Robert's like, hmm, I wonder if that priest was trying to tell me something. And I should have maybe listened to him. But again, he's not ready yet. Both of them are disturbed by this incident, but they're not necessarily, like, you know, I think Robert's more thinking, like, who is is his parents, not are his parents even human, you know? Right, yeah. I mean, that wouldn't be your your first assumption. If you were, like, you'd be like, oh, is there a history of violence in that family? And not uh, what kind of jackal spawned this nightmare child. Exactly. Um, another thing, that, another hijink that Mrs. Baylock gets up to is that uh, they come home and the Rottweiler that was in the yard is just in the house. And Mrs. Baylock's like, oh, Damien's grown very fond of him. We found him on the grounds. And Robert's like, I, you can't just bring a dog. If we want yeah. a dog, we'll go get a dog. You yeah. can't just bring, a, right. and it's gigantic. Like, it's not, like, it's not a puppy. You know, it's like, this is somebody's no. dog. Yeah, Rottweiler is a big, powerful dog. And and he says get you know get it out of the house. Have them come and pick it up. The ASPC, RSPCA, whatever, whoever comes to pick up dogs, Humane Society, come and get them. Sure. And Miss Van <laughs> says, of course, of course, she never does. That dog is just in Damien's room now. No, that woman is not listening to anything anyone says. Uh, the next day, uh, Catherine and Damien go to the Windsor Safari Park, which is sort of a, in my mind, like a Joe Exotic type of oh sure 
It's the middle of nowhere outside London, but we have giraffes and baboons, and they all hate Damien. So they either mm-hmm. run away from him, or when they're kind of driving through the park through this like baboon exhibit, the baboons go nuts and they rush the car. And Catherine is screaming and like, I was like, oh my god! But it's like, well, you're in a car and it's bigger than the baboons. Like, just keep driving. Yeah, like, and also like, I w- it would be like hard for me like when in a car with a child and seeing baboons at a zoo going nuts to be like, clearly this is my child upsetting these oh, exactly. wild. Like it wouldn't be your first, you'd be like, oh, something is wrong. Maybe the weather is going nuts. Like you wouldn't exactly. be like, oh, my five-year-old's upsetting all of these monkeys. <laughs> yeah. And so, but then by, after this experience, uh, you know, she and Robert were getting to pray for bed that night. And she said, I think I need to see a psychiatrist. And he's like, is there something wrong? Like you could tell me, like, I love you. And she said, I have such fears if I told you what they were, you'd put me away. Robert still has not revealed Damien is not their son. Oh, my God. To me, God. this is, I understand your spouse is going to be angry because you lied to her for five years and you tricked her and that's not your kid. But you got to bring it up. If your partner is now filled with a fear that she is unable to tell you. It's time to air some, yeah. some secrets. It's time. Yeah. So the next day, Robert and some coworkers go to a rugby match, which is being photographed by the very intrepid freelance photographer, Keith Jennings. Is he the only photographer in the United Kingdom? <laughs> they really make it look like it. And, and But, you know, good for him. This is He's got his hustle. Yeah, like, he this is, is how, out there. Yeah, he doesn't have a family, like, doesn't have a spouse or kids or seemingly any friends. No, so I guess he has driven. photography. Yeah. <laughs> And so while he's there, while Robert's there, he's accosted again by Father Brennan. And Father Brennan says, meet me in the park. Your wife is in danger. And then he walks away, which is a very horror movie thing. If somebody oh. said that to me, I'd be like, well, then what the hell are you talking about? Like, I'm like, what shaking park? them. What time? What? Like, well, I think he, I don't know what the park, but he tells them whatever park at like 2 p.m. the next day. I was like, next- what do you mean? If somebody says to you, your spouse is in danger, I'd be like, well, then you're telling me right now. I'm telling you right now. That seems like urgent information, not like, well, let's plan a hang. You know? Yeah. So um, Keith Jennings takes another photo of Father Brennan, and when he develops it, the the shadowy sort of like slash across the yeah. photo is cl- even closer to the priest. So he's like, okay. well, that seems odd. So now yeah. Keith Jennings is sort of picking up on there's something maybe potentially supernatural happening. Yeah. Robert goes to meet Father Brennan, and Father Brennan is, he's a mess. So I think he's not explaining himself very well. He tells Robert when they meet in the park. When the Jews return to Zion and a comet rips the sky, and the Holy Roman Empire rises, then you and I must die. From the eternal sea, he rises, creating armies on either shore, turning man against his brother, till man exists no more. Which is alludes to, uh, I don't know if you're uh, familiar with the book of Revelations in the Bible. I'm not familiar with any part of the Bible, including the part that Jews read, so. Um, well, it's basically the book of Revelations is sort of like a bunch of apocalyptic predictions about the the rise of Satan and the end of the world. It seems like the most interesting one. Yes, book. and I think a lot of people have tried to unpack it. You know, again, yeah. it's it's all it's all a metaphor written by humans, so, you know, there's yeah. really so much they could draw. But the, <laughs> but eventually, like, God and, and Satan will have to— duke it out. You know, the forces of good and evil are going to have this big apocalyptic war. So you better, so you better sort yourself out. It's yeah. sort of the message of it. Yeah. But, you know, Robert's always like, uh-huh. And Father Brennan tells him, I need to be forgiven for the role I played. That is upsetting information to receive. Yes. I was there the night that your son was born and it, I was a part of this and it's part of, partly my fault. 
So he tells Robert to go to the town of Megiddo uh, outside Jerusalem in the old city of Jezreel, and he will meet an old man named Bugenhagen. And only he can tell you how the child must die. Oh, God. Must die? Yes, must die. And Robert says, okay, but like, also you said my wife was going to die? And Father Brent says, okay, so your wife is pregnant. Which he said that's not possible because they had such a hard time conceiving the first time. So he's like, considering what we just went through, there's no way she just got pregnant. Right. Like, I didn't know it. But to be fair, that does happen to people. Like, they'll adopt and then later be able to conceive. So, yeah. you know, look, I'm not a doctor. But that's the least shocking thing he's he's just heard, you know. (laughs) Of all the information he's getting. (laughs) That's what you're hung up on? A pregnancy? Like, (laughs) there's so much more going on. Father Brennan then lays this on him. And basically, the reason that Father Brennan is telling him is like, I need to be forgiven because because of what I've done, I'm going to go to hell if I don't rectify what I've, what's happening. Wow. So Father Brennan said, uh, your wife is pregnant. Damien will not let this, your, the other child be born. Oh. He will eventually kill your wife, and he will eventually kill you. But after using your wealth and success to further his rise in the world. And Robert said, I never want to see you again. And Father Brennan replies, I'll see you in hell, Mr. Thorne. Oh. See you in hell. That is a fun phrase to get to say and feel like you mean it. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, Robert storms off. Literally, a gigantic storm whips through. Perfect. Father Brennan runs to a churchyard to escape it. It's like a windstorm. And in the storm, (laughs) a a gigantic metal pole shears off the top of the church and impales Father Brennan, killing him. Wow. How symbolic to, like, die by, literally, by the church. Exactly. And uh, we also realized that the way the pole is sort of, like, um, slicing him, that's what the image that Keith Jennings captured. Like, his oh. his photographs were an omen of Father Brennan's potential death. Okay. Yes. Now we're so getting ra- Also, I don't know what time period this takes over. Like, this is either a matter of days or a matter of weeks. And every day something insane is happening to these people. Yeah. Right. It's like, there's a point where you have to be like, this is all of this. Like, it's one thing after another. It's not like, oh, remember last year there was that weird guy? And now this year there's another. We- it's like, no, every exactly. day is a nightmare. You have to start acknowledging reality. So uh, Robert goes home and Catherine says, um, so, I, so I guess she has started seeing a therapist, a psychiatrist. Great. And she said, you know, I'm having a really hard time and I just found out I'm pregnant today and I do not want to have the child and I don't want to have any more kids. And Robert says, no, oh, no, no, you cannot get an abortion. And so eventually Ugh. he meets with Catherine's doctor, which is a very 1970s thing, to be like, well, I'll talk to your psychiatrist yeah. about whether or not you can have an abortion, okay? Yeah, yeah. It's important when your husband goes and talks to your own doctors. Yeah. Ugh. So he Yuck. goes in, and the doctor says to him, like, Catherine's really having a really hard time. She has a lot of fantasies that her child is alien and evil, that it's not hers. Talking about the actual pregnancy. But her, right. the fears not that she has, yeah, but the fear okay. she has about the pregnancy are the fears she should have about Damien. Right. <laughs> you know, but she doesn't know. She doesn't know he's not her son. So she's sort of, she feels like carrying this child is, it, it, basically the psychiatrist is like, if you, if she is forced to carry this to term, it's going to be catastrophic for her mental health. Mm-hmm. And also she does not want to. And Robert right. says, no. Oh my God. He said, it was foretold that this pregnancy would be terminated. I'm going to fight to see that it's not. So he's what a Republican is, when he also, runs like, for what president. What is the psychiatrist going to do with that? Where it's like, right. oh, it was foretold? Right. That's not science or medicine. That's, no, that's nothing. 
to be fair, we are also supposed to believe that it is Damien's influence on Catherine that is making her want to have an abortion. It's a very complicated thing to bring up in a movie, you know. But I think that's what we're saying is like, if Damien was not in the picture, Catherine would not feel this way. Right. Okay. But the question of whether or not she will get an abortion is, of course, going to become quickly moot, Allison. Yeah. Mm. Because as as, uh, Robert's sort of speeding home from this meeting, um, Damien is riding his tricycle around the house while his mother is watering some hanging plants while standing on a bench next to the second floor balcony. I could not, I can imagine a more dangerous way to water plants. Like even if there was no child there to potentially knock you off. Oh yeah, you could slip, the the bench could wobble. I feel like if I get on a step stool, I text somebody before I do it just to be like, heads up, I'm getting on a stool. Right, and and, and this is obviously, David is, you know, a malevolent force in the home. But yeah, this could have happened regardless. So he hits her bench that she's standing on. She flips over the balcony and smashes onto the ground. Oh and my God. It, and it killing a fishbowl full of fish that also oh, smashes with her. Of course. And she, so she's rushed to the hospital and she has miscarried. Shocking. That's like double falling down the stairs. Awful. And so when they arrive, Robert rushes in to see her, and Catherine, who's, like, barely conscious, says to him, don't let him kill me. Referring to Damien. <sighs> so, Allison, we arrived at this part of the movie. What would you do? What would you do? This is when, like, you have to disclose the information that yeah. this is not her biological child, neither mm-hmm. of your biological child. I would put... Damien in the care of medical professionals while my wife, like, recovers. Right. Like, be like, why don't we get him looked at and her healthy again? And then also, uh, I don't know. You know, I always just want to get a gun and kill myself. Um, right, yeah, I, I listen, I hear <laughs> what you're saying. And this is maybe a movie in which things are sort of out of your hands. So yeah. I understand that. Um, this is re- yeah, so I would, yeah, I would say, like, it's time to, like, also, like, it's not like anyone's like, I love this boy. Like, she's yeah. afraid of him. Like, there's no, like, difficult, how how do we, it's like, actually, you need to, like, take him away. Yeah. And at a certain point, I think Robert's just sort of like, I need to figure out what, where he's from in order to understand exactly what we're dealing with. Yes. Yes. So Robert goes home from the hospital, and he finds that damn Rottweiler in the house. Of and course. he goes to talk to Mrs. Baylock again, and it's like... Mistake number two, do not let a strange dog just live in your son's room and be like, ugh, I've already got stuff to deal with. I can't, I can't take yeah. it. So finally, he gets a call from Keith Jennings, our photographer, and Keith says, hey, I've been noticing some wackety-dackety things in these photographs I've been taking. Can we meet up? So Robert goes over to Keith's studio, and he sees the um, image on Father Brennan, and it turns out Keith has done some snooping. He's very, he's not simply a photographer. He's also like an investigator. And that Father Brennan... The reason he was trying to uh, right the wrong he had done with Robert is that he was dying of cancer. So he knew he was dying, but he was trying to, you know, uh, apologize and, and rectify the wrong. And apparently passing when they— passing off an evil child to an unknowing family. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so, but when they did an autopsy, apparently Father Brennan had a, a, the number 666 on his thigh. But Allison, it was not a tattoo. It was a birthmark, which seemed bad. And so they go to Father Brennan's apartment to sort of, like, check out more stuff. And they walk in, and every inch of the walls is covered in Bible pages and crucifixes. 
Like, he's clearly trying to keep something out, you know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's got all these clippings about Robert's life. He has, like, a diary of Robert's, like, day-to-day, because obviously he was trying to meet with him. And we also find a clipping about a comet that appeared in the sky the day Damien and Robert and Catherine's son had been born. So June 6th, 6th day, mm-hmm. and 6 a.m. Yeah. And, Dam- and Robert says, okay, this is my problem. I don't want to drag you into this. I'm going to have to figure out who Damien's parents were. And Keith says, well, it's a little too late because I took a self-portrait of myself and I want you to show show it to you. So now Keith Jenks shows uh, Robert a photo of Keith Jennings where he also has like a dark slash coming oh, no. towards his neck. So we know that this is an omen of his death. So Keith Jennings is like, I'm actually very invested in figuring this out because yeah, based yeah, yeah. on this photograph, I'm going to die and it's going to be bad. Yeah, yeah. I would want to get to the bottom of that real fast. Right. So Robert uh, and Keith decide we're going to go to Italy and try to find the uh, anyone who was at the hospital. So find Doctor uh, Father Spoleto or the nun or somebody who was at the hospital where Catherine gave birth and where they adopted mm-hmm. the baby from to try to find who was Damien's father or mother. However, Damien's just there with, with Mrs. Baylock, and so he rushes home, and he's like, I think he's going to try to fire Mrs. Baylock, but she, all the house, the rest of the house staff have left suddenly. So she's oh. the only one there who can watch them. And he's like, all right, well, I guess you two are kind of in cahoots, and um, I'll, yeah. I'll leave you here while I go to Italy. Yeah, because I'll leave my evil child with this evil woman. Yeah, and you feel good for Catherine that she's out of the house at the hospital. You yeah. know, like, yeah. that's probably the safest place that she could be. It does feel safer. Yeah, so they go to Rome. Turns out that the hospital Catherine gave birth in burned to the ground, of course. Of Horrible fire. Course. It burned up the records. It burned up the maternity ward. There's no evidence of anything left. People hor- it was hor- people died. It was horrible. But Father Spoleto, who was the chaplain at the time, he survived. He was badly burned on one side of his body. But he lived. He survived and he was sent to a monastery, you know, outside in some tiny Italian town. So I said, to this tiny monastery. So they, they go there. And while they're doing it, they're trying to, like, noodle out what Father Brennan said about, like, the comet in the sky and the eternal sea. And this is where I'm like, okay, you, we get it. Like, you don't— right. He's we're, What we're saying is that this kid is the Antichrist. We don't have to look at this poem and be like, here's what this means. It doesn't matter what it means at a certain point. Yeah. But they said, okay, the Jews have returned to Zion. That's the formation of Israel. Great. Um, there was a comet on the day that Damien was born. The Holy Roman Empire could re- refer to the European common market, which was established in 1957, which is essentially the thing okay. that became the European Union. But I was like, that seems like a stretch. And then as soon as I thought that, Robert says, it's a bit of a stretch. So <laughs> I appreciated that. You're one step ahead. And then, to me, the even bigger stretch is they said, oh, the eternal sea. You know, scholars say the eternal sea refers to politics and, like, the eternal sea of, like, struggle and war. It's like, okay, okay. you know. Or it's just a metaphor. It doesn't matter. Right. This is not helping us fight on anything. Yeah, this is, this is just a, an exercise in, like, being a college student who's like, do you think it means? Like, right. it's like, no, let's just, like, actually, like, solve the real problem at hand. So they arrive at the monastery, and they meet with the monk, who's, like, the head of the monastery. And he said, you know, Father Spoleto doesn't talk anymore, and he very rarely will write. But he did tell me that he had fallen from grace, and he had turned his back on Christ. So presumably, referring to his involvement with placing Damien and Robert and Catherine's family. Mm -hmm. And so they finally talk to Father Spoleto, and he writes a word, which this is why I could never solve a mystery in a horror movie, is I couldn't make out a damn letter in this, what he wrote. And they go, oh, Servette, that's an old Etruscan cemetery 50 kilometers north of Rome. It's like, well, thank God that guy was there. Yeah, seriously. 
And so they take her to the cemetery, which is like abandoned ancient cemetery. It's not like a, it's not like near anything. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it, it has been left to dust. And they find a uh, grave with the name Maria Schiana on it that, and her death date is July 6, five years ago. Okay. So they think, okay, this is his mother. And next to it is a grave for Bambino Schiana. So there's a baby's grave. Are we to assume that that, though, is their biological child? That's what Robert's, Robert's thinking. Okay. He's like, is my son buried here with her? So they open the the mother's tomb first. And right. Allison, they don't find a human skeleton. What do you Why think they, they find? I mean, it's got to be a jackal. It's the skeleton of a jackal. The which, skeleton of a jackal. No. Oh. <laughs> right. Which, if you thought Robert was upset before, he is extremely upset. Could you imagine? <laughs> no. Allison. <laughs> I simply cannot imagine a scenario in which that I, that I couldn't handle it. I think I would pass out. Right, like, yeah. I would just be, I would just get into the grave and close it back I'd up. I'd be like, I I, have it's now it. mine. I'm dead now. Well, we're already here. There's two graves. We'll just get in. <laughs> but now Robert is like, wait a minute. If the other grave is an animal, maybe it's not my son. Maybe my son is alive somewhere and they just sent him to live with some other family. Robert, I don't know why you think anything good would happen, but yeah, I'll, they open yeah, up the no. baby's grave and they find his son's skeleton. But while the priest had told him that he had just died, you know, he was still born, he had died natural causes, you could see that the, the baby's head has been bashed in. Oh. So they killed their son in order to put Damien into this family. The hospital killed. Yes. These his... priests, the nuns and priests, including Father Spoleto and Father Brennan. and Killed a baby. Killed a baby to place what we now to understand to be potentially the son of Satan in this family to be raised in this, like, in wealth and, 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 and success, yeah. They could have just switched them. Yes, Allison, they could have. Also, and this is, comes up a lot in a lot of movies, why would you follow the devil and do all this terrible stuff? No. Especially if you're a priest or a nun, but anybody. Yeah, why? It's like, you will go to hell. If you're a priest and you kill a baby to put the son of Satan into a family— Man, I don't know what you think's going to happen. Yeah, you're doing literally the devil's work. Yeah. <laughs> you work for the devil now. <laughs> and so it's like, you know, both Father Spoleto and Father Brennan apparently are, like, really apologetic. It's like, well, I don't know how you rationalized it before, but no. this is on you. You can't undo this. No, this is their problem. So, of course, Keith and um, Robert are immediately attacked by dogs. And it's a horrible scene where they're being chased by all these dogs in the cemetery. Robert tries to get over the fence and his arm gets impaled. So Keith has to sort of, like, drag him out. And they barely get away. And so Robert calls Catherine and says, you have to get out of the hospital and come to Rome. Like, he's like, now, okay, so if Damien is evil, then he can kill her. I don't know how this works, but, like, she has to get, we have to be together, get out of London. She's literally in a cast. And she's like, okay, I'll I'll get myself together. All right. right. So his plan is have Catherine come meet him there. Catherine is taking off her nightgown when somebody walks into the room. She turns around. It's Mrs. Baylock. No. Cut to the outside of the hospital, and Catherine is thrown through the window. Plummets what? five stories. This woman has s- fallen so much. And smashes through the top of an ambulance, kill it, dying. Yeah. Catherine, who has done nothing wrong, nothing. and in the logic of horror movies, should not be punished in the way she has. It is true. She's been an innocent person in all of this. Yeah, so that's a feature wrap on Catherine. All right, well— and Allison, at this point, who who are you anticipating will survive until the end of the film? Who will survive? Damien? No, we have Damien has to die for me to be comfortable. Um, okay, Damien, Robert. 
Robert, I think Robert will survive. Okay. And he'll have to kind of like live with this nightmare for the rest of his life. And how do you feel about Mrs. Baylock? Is she getting out of here? Uh, she's got to die. She's yeah. like so complicit in all of this that I feel like, of course, she's going to die. And then, of course, Keith Jennings, who also has done nothing but been helpful and really try to like figure this out. I think, like, I think that he will escape death somehow, even though he's supposed to die because of like the photographs and stuff. Love it. Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact, with semi sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch. It's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie, and fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. Summer, the best time of year, usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there's another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have lounge chair access, no reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. I love my cat, Tiger. And as my best friend, we speak our own language. What's that? You love your litter. He does, because I use Fresh Step Outstretch Litter. It absorbs 50% more waste and odor and requires less changing compared to Fresh Step Multicat. Less changing means more time playing. <laughs> right, Tiger? That's a yes. Find Fresh Step Outstretch Cat Litter in the pet aisle. Fresh Step is a registered trademark of the Clorox Pet Products Company. Certain trademarks used under license from the Procter & Gamble Company or its affiliates. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... I the charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? Uh, hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. All right, so Robert immediately gets a call back from the hospital and be like, oh, yeah, remember your wife you talked to five minutes ago? She's dead. And he tells Keith, we're going to Megiddo outside Jerusalem. We're going to the old city of Jezreel, and we're going to meet with Bugenhagen. And he's going to tell me what I have to do. Okay. And Robert has a great line. He says, Kathy's dead. I want Damien to die, too. Great. So they show up at this architectural site, and Bugenhagen, Carl Bugenhagen, apparently, what is an exorcist who used to be a priest. And he's like, okay, I got some bad news. Um, Damien is probably the Antichrist. Mm-hmm. And uh, you could check to see if he has a 666 tattoo under his hair. And if he does, you will have to kill him using these seven holy knives in a particular order. And it has to be you, and it has to be on the hallowed ground of a church. And also, Mrs. Baylock, she will die before she lets this happen, so you're going to have to deal with her too. That's so many hoops to jump through. And Robert's like, well, I can tell you he doesn't have a birthmark. Like, I bathed him as a baby. I've seen, like, every inch of his body. I've never seen it. And Buchenhagen says, well, look under his hair. But I've seen baby's hair. It's not like it, human. It's not like a human. I mean, it's not like adult hair. Where yeah, you he doesn't have, like, scale. a wig on. Like, right. Like, <laughs> and he does have a lot of hair. But, again, it's hair, a lot of hair for a baby, you know? Right. Yeah. I. Mm. So that's the only part where I was like, okay, he would have okay. seen a yeah, 666 on his infant son's scalp. 
But, you know, and obviously Robert's very terrified, but Bugenhagen reassures him. This is not a human child. Make no mistake. But now Robert essentially has to go back and kill his son, who he yeah. has raised. Yeah. But also that he now knows almost undoubtedly is the um, the Antichrist. son of the Antichrist. Yeah. And then, Allison, you, you sort of guessed that there would be a twist of some sort. Do you want to guess the twist again or try to anticipate what we think is going to happen at the towards the end of the movie. I like genuinely have no idea where it's going now. <laughs> like, I mean, I know the general trajectory we're on, but like, I mean, I got to say Damien's going to fight back in some way, or maybe mm-hmm. the devil show that, or the antichrist shows up himself. Yeah. Those are my guesses. So as soon as they leave Bugenhagen, Robert's like, I cannot do this. I can't kill a child, let alone a, my son I've raised since birth, and he takes the seven holy knives and he kind of throws it into a construction site. And Keith Jennings is like, well, if you won't do it, I'll do it. I don't have any investment in this kid. And Keith Jennings runs over to the construction site, and just as he picks up the seven holy knives, <gasps> a construction truck kind of falls, slides backwards, or I don't know, it's some devil magic, flies backwards, and a sheet of glass slides off the back of this truck and slices Keith Jennings' head completely what? off. What? Oh, I really wanted Keith to live. He had such a commitment to his career he needed to follow through on. R.I.P. Keith. You, R. I, I mean, like, he will be remembered. He took every photograph in London for the past five years, so, like, he'll be remembered fondly. How? What is London going to do without their only photographer? How are they going to see children's birthday parties or rugby games? I don't know. <laughs> So cut to Robert is now on the plane with seven knives. And he's like, all right, I guess I got to do this. I guess I got to kill this kid. Um, and that's a pre-9-11 plane ride for sure. <laughs> when someone's allowed to have take seven knives and hold them in their lap. Um, yeah, totally. He also had a bottle of water and he never took his shoes off, I'm sure. So Robert um, shows up at home. It's night. And he's able to trap the Rottweiler, who is still there, okay. in the basement. And he tr- creeps up to Damien's room and then he snatches him up and... Mrs. Balak jumps out of the shadows and starts wrestling with, um, with Robert. But Robert eventually stabs her to death. So Mrs. Balak, right. she, you know, she was committed, but at the end of the day, she was just some lady. She didn't yeah. have demon powers. Interesting. And so he's able to drag Damien out of the house, and he throws him in the car. And Damien's, like, very cute, and, but he's also, like, screaming like a demon. Right. And so he's, uh, Robert is speeding to a church to be on hallowed ground when he kills da- Damien. And he's, but he's speeding so fast that a bunch of cops notice and start following him, like, try to get him to pull over. Right. They don't know about any of this is going on. No, yeah, they have no idea. But uh, he's speeding to the church, and when he checks Damien's hair, under his hair, he, he has the birthmark. Of course. So if there was any doubt in his mind, it's gone. He has to kill this kid. Yeah. So he's able to get Damien into the church, but and he has him like uh, in front of the altar, and he takes out the first knife that he has to stab him with in a specific order. And Damien says, "Please, Daddy, no," because he has like a British accent because he was raised in Britain now. Of course. And Robert hesitates just long enough for the cops to come there and shoot him and killing him. What? A little while later, we look on as Robert and Catherine are put into the ground at their funerals. And <laughs> it's like a military funeral because I guess like he, you know, is a government official and yeah, so they yeah, get yeah. taps and everything. And Damien is there and he is standing with the president of the United States and his wife. And he's holding the wife's hand. And I suppose the implication is that Damien is going to be raised by the president and his wife. And Damien then turns around and looks to camera and smiles. <gasps> and then Allison... If you've ever considered this before, you know how I love a movie that starts with a quote? Love that. 
I mean, you do. I hate it. This movie ends with a quote. <gasps> Whoa! Here is the wisdom. Let him at that half understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man in his number of 666, which seems unnecessary. Like, we get it. He is the devil's son. There's also, like, no new info to that quote. Like, I would like something no, no, that, no. like, alludes to, like, the rest of time or, like, Damien's future or, like, what happened. Like, yeah, that's some just- other quote from Revelations about, like, well, what's the devil's plan once he gets there? Right, you know? that's the thing. Is like, we just know that this, like, evil kid is, like, ru- this jackal child is, like, running around and now he's with the leader of the free world. And it's like, well, okay. <laughs> I think it also, the movie, the ending of the movie also implies to me, like, a very different understanding of the American presidency where, like, yes. the president's, like, I guess, like, JFK or something, where you think he's, like, a warm family man, where it's, like, I wouldn't let Donald Trump look after a dog. Like, no. I, I would certainly wouldn't let him raise a child. No. Let alone the devil's child. It's, like, how does he end up with them? <laughs> like, it's just, like, in my mind, I was, like, that's not in the Constitution that it, uh, a diplomat's child goes to the president. But then I was, like, <laughs> well, of course not. That's not Anything. I mean, I don't think so. Oh, there is simply there's a there's a suggestion earlier where um, it turns out that Robert went to college with the president, so they are friends. Oh, so they are friends. Okay, but I, it's like, not like oh, it's my brother or my cousin or my uncle or somebody where it's like oh, it's a family member. That seems like an easy way to write it. But it's like oh, is your friend from college? Ergo, the president of the United States could adopt your five year old child. I would not leave a child of mine to any of my friends from college. <laughs> I mean, they're they're wonderful people. I'd probably warn them about it beforehand. Well, yeah, I, I'd yeah. tell them, like, you're going to be put in the will. Yeah. But, Allison, can you name a couple mistakes, uh, a fatal mistakes that were in this episode? Fatal mistakes. And I wanted to fold it into a segment I'm going to call Raising the Antichrist Checklist. Oh, sure. It's just sort of, like, lessons about if you're raising the Antichrist, things you should or should not do. Because yep. my first one is never stand on a bench near a railing to water your macrame hanging plants. Yeah. Also, like, they had a huge housekeeping staff. Like, have someone yes. else do that. Yeah. I guess we're to think, like, if it wasn't that, it would be something else. So she would stand right, near a course. window. You know, yeah. something would happen where yeah. he would take advantage of her. Yeah. I mean, aside from the very obvious of don't accept the child, and if you do accept that child, like, be completely transparent and forthcoming with your wife about whose child this is. Call the agency and double-check that they sent you a new governess. That, yeah, huge check mark next to that. That's something you absolutely should do. I'll also say uh, seek clarity when a member of the clergy tells you something terrifying. Yes, great. Yeah, if a, if a terrified babbling priest comes to your office, don't just kick him out if he says, I was there the night that your son was born. Yeah, I'd be like, I'm going to need you to, uh, like, really give me some details, speak clearly, slowly. Let me really digest what's happening here. Um, And then finally, Allison, I think it's time to rate this movie on a spooky scale. A spooky scale. Which is, of course from one to 10 screams and indicates only how spooky we found the movie, not whether the movie was great or yes. not. I really enjoy The Omen, having seen yes. it before. Super this is fun. not quality. This is just pure scariness. Yes. I'm going to give this an eight. An eight? Okay, great. I find Evil Child always scary. I find religion very scary. And, like, the ending is one that's, like, you know, there's no resolution. Right. Uh, the devil won. Yeah, the yeah. devil won. <laughs> 
great. You're right. And we rarely, I, I guess we feel like we've doing a lot of movies recently where, like, the right thing does happen at the end. Like, horrible things happen, but in the end, either the protagonist survives or, or, or justice is, is meted out. This is, no, the devil won. The devil killed a bunch of people and does not care. And now Yeah. The- There's none of the comforts of, like, it's all okay now. So that yeah. always is very upsetting. <laughs> And now Damien's going to be like, you know, Trump Jr. or whatever, yeah. or Donald Jr. Or, or Eric. You know, he, you know he's going to run at some point. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Boy, I'm going to give this, I think because I, um, I really enjoyed it. It's sort of like Rosemary's Baby where it's like, you know something is wrong the whole time, so you're just watching them figure it out. Yeah. Which I don't find as scary. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say a six. Because okay. I, I do like the idea of the devil as a, as a villain. But, you know, again, they probably could have kicked that kid's ass if they had to. Yeah. It or locked seems him in a like closet it. or something. You know. Yeah. Something. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah. If you want uh, more Ruined, uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Ruined Podcast and, and subscribe to the podcast. Rate, review, tell your friends. And until then, please keep it spooky. Keep it spooky. Bye. Bye. Ruined is a Radio Point production with executive producers Alex Bach, Sabrina Fonfetter, and Houston Snyder, recorded and edited by Kat Iosa. For 25 years, nothing has tasted better after a hard day's work than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. It's because since day one, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. We use three kinds of lemons, all handpicked from family farms then blended to perfection in cold press to create the epic hard lemonade you know and love. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois.